All right, and that's enough for room noise. That's six seconds. Yeah, I was counting. Okay, but I but I only saw five fingers go up. No six. Oh, this is the Chinese way of okay, counting. Okay, look, um, no one can really see Michael's hands right now, but he's doing the shaka sign. So. No, just search up Chinese finger counting. Actually, you know what? Don't try that. That might bring up some weird results, actually. <laughs> but anyhow, welcome back. And also, this is our tenth episode and um our final episode for this season. Somehow, Michael has forgotten to bring both mics, so we are going back to recording with my computer microphone, which. I don't know. I just think the irony of it is beautiful. Like it's just so beautiful. Yeah. No, we started off. On this is how we started off, and now this is how we end the first season. Yeah. You know what? It it is a very poetic moment. It, it is, and like it's so great because Michael usually never <laughs> fucks up like this, but he is just so frazzled today, and I'm the one who's like very put together. Yeah. Mm-hmm. I. You know what? When I woke up, I didn't even think to bring the microphone. That's what I'm here. saying. Like. You know, today's a weird day. It is a very strange day, yeah. indeed. But mm-hmm. anyhow, um, so yeah, as I was saying, I I I found out that I'm actually more kick-ass at Excel than I rea- realized. So, uh, <laughs> in this week's news, Michael has learned a new skill on Excel, which is what is it, Michael? So here's the thing: it's not a new skill. I just learned new applications of the same skill. <laughs> I didn't even know this. Shut the fuck up. <laughs> no, so here's the thing. <clears throat> so this is going to be a light episode because it's a recap of everything that we've done. And so also far. just sort of like uh just kind of it's a meta conversation of what we've done yeah. so far, which somehow we don't have the proper mics for. So, I mean, this is just such a weird moment. But anyways, go on. It's a poetic moment. Let's it just is. leave it at that. <laughs> <laughs> don't ruin this for me. No, but um so here's the thing. Um Excel is a very powerful tool, and I feel like everyone should know about it. Uh, unfortunately, a lot of people are turned on by the fact that it's Excel. Yeah. Yeah, everyone's like enamored by PowerPoint. Everyone's in love with Word because of the simplicity. Mm-hmm. And then when you when it comes to Excel, they're just like, oh, headaches. Yeah. But like, if you use it, it's amazing. So here's the thing: you get a data set, you could search through it, read, look up, and then you can find specific data, and then you can extrapolate the data, turn it into a matrix, and see which ones are outliers. Amazing. I'm literally just letting you talk because I have I want people to understand what I mean when I call you an AI. Like this is exactly what a machine learning. You know does. what? You know what's even more poetic about this? What? So my dad, his first job out of college mm-hmm. was working at Microsoft at the Excel localization team. Oh god. <laughs> in Korea? Yeah. Oh, interesting. <laughs> like it might so and because my dad went to Microsoft, two of my cousins ended up working at Microsoft. Still work one still works at Microsoft Korea. Mm-hmm. One just recently uh, quit her job. Mm-hmm. Uh, is looking for other opportunities and then the COVID-19 outbreak happened. Mm-hmm. But yeah, so um mm-hmm. Yeah, kind of poetic that I ended up just like using Excel for everything. Everything. Yeah. Everything. But Excel is a very, and yeah. So yeah, I found out that I'm kick ass at Excel, even though I knew I was kick ass at Excel before. But now mm-hmm. I'm even more. You know what? You're kick asser. <laughs> so LinkedIn uh-huh. has was it education programs and tests mm-hmm. where you could say you can prove to the world that. You're proficient at certain programs. Mm-hmm. Obviously, I aced PowerPoint because what else is there to learn on PowerPoint? Yeah. But then I also have an Excel certification on LinkedIn. Nice. <laughs> so now you know. Well, 
That's great, Michael. Good for you. I do not give a shit about Excel. And I, it's one of, like, I'm one of those people who just get anxiety when I open Excel. What sort of anxiety does Excel give you? I don't know. There's just so many functions and so many like shortcuts and keyboard shortcuts that I just don't know and don't understand. Also, you know me, I'm not good with numbers. So like just creating a data set in and of itself is difficult. So we were talking about this because we were talking about marketing and how mm -hmm. data driven marketing. Has absolutely. Become. Absolutely. Yeah. I mean, it's all data analytics, big data, like data yeah. extrapolation. For sure. For sure. Mm -hmm. But like they say data is the new oil for the 21st century economy. Mm -hmm. And here's the thing. You know who said that? Um, a lot of people have said it. Some notable people who have said it include Spark Labs founder and partner Bernard mm -hmm. Moon. Mm -hmm. And I don't know Bernard personally. I know some of the other partners personally. Mm -hmm. I've met them like once or twice. Mm -hmm. <clears throat> and the thing is, it's such a cliche term. Mm -hmm. Data is the new oil. Yeah. It also sounds like a buzzword. It is it, a buzzword. It doesn't mean anything. What does it, mean, what does it mean by the new You can't compare data and oil together. That's just... Yeah, because one goes kaboom. That's a faulty comparison. <laughs> one goes kaboom. No. The other, the other goes beep boom. <laughs> one actually exists. And one, if the... What is it? The Carrington event? If that happens, it's just... It's gone. Yeah, okay. Also, okay, so let's talk about the Carrington event, which I think people should hear about. Yeah, um, so the Carrington event is something that happened in the 19th century, 1830-something, uh, for those of you who aren't familiar with the century system. But it's a giant... Which is more people than you would expect. <laughs> yeah, surprisingly, yeah. Yeah, surprisingly so. <laughs> so what happens is, uh, what happened was a giant coronal mass ejection, which is basically a solar flare on steroids, mm -hmm. like literal plasma from mm -hmm. the sun ejects, mm -hmm. like ejects from the surface, mm -hmm. and then it hit Earth. So you can see the aurora borealis from the equator, like you're what the vacationing fuck? in Hawaii, night sky, oh wow, the stars are so beautiful, are, are those? The northern lights? The northern <laughs> light. wow, that's amazing. <laughs> like my tropic vacation just got even better mm -hmm. so yeah what happened was when the plasma beams actually hit the earth uh the earth's magnetosphere got overwhelmed and yada 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 all the scientists talk aside the plasma hit the surface of the earth fried every electrical circuit in existence at the time which was thankfully just telegraphs <laughs> there is something so adorable about that yeah it's <laughs> like ha, i'm gonna i'm gonna fry everything that you have um Telegraphs. <laughs> <laughs> that is actually just strangely adorable. Yeah, and mm -hmm. so here's the thing. I'll uh, <laughs> another coronavirus ejection on the to the tune of the Carrington event actually did happen near December 2012. Really, <laughs> it missed us by like ten days. Oh, okay. Yeah, so. A lot of people are saying, oh my god, did the Mayans foresee this? Which, by the way, they did not. Mm -hmm. <laughs> they probably... <laughs> the more accurate conspiracy theory is probably that some disluxing Mayan miswrote 2020 yeah, into yeah. 2012. But, yeah. um, the threat of a Carrington-level event today is so much more severe. Oh, absolutely. I mean, yeah. it's going to... It's going to turn everything on its head. It's going to throw us back into, like, the night... Like, the... 18th, yeah, 19th century. Yeah, uh, so it, they say a Carrington level event can actually 
create situations where Chernobyls are going off left, right, and center. Mm -hmm. And there's so much more to fry now. Yeah, and nuclear arsenals are just firing as well because of fried circuit boards and whatnot. Everything is a circuit board. You hold a circuit board in your hand Mm -hmm. for your entire day Mm -hmm. in the 21st century. Mm -hmm. We are recording this on a circuit board. Yeah. And wow, so this podcast might just fucking like disappear forever. Yeah, huh? it just gives you a new appreciation for life, doesn't it? Wow. Like everything is ephemeral. <laughs> <laughs> Truly. Like you don't Truly. exist. Everything is ephemeral. Like yeah. that is anything we can be taken out at any second. For those listening, enjoy our voices while you can. Because yeah. if a Carrington level event happens, goodbye. Like, isn't it so you poetic? You can find me in a cave. Isn't it so poetic? Like it is poetic. A, a chance event created this speck of dust in a galaxy where life just happened to be mm-hmm. and it develops sentience. And somehow well, let's put it this way. First of all, there are just a bunch of chemicals from somewhere that somehow form chains and amino acids that somehow somehow started replicating RNA, which went into DNA, which then led into life, which then... Are you singing the Big Bang Theory theme song <laughs> from the Bare Naked Ladies? I guess I am. <laughs> Our whole universe was in a hot, dense state. <laughs> so... Yeah, no, but then now... And now and now we're sitting in front of a circuit board speaking into the other, like... Yeah, and like trying to make money off of stuff that doesn't actually exist. And, you know, like, what does anything mean anymore? Yeah, trading commodities for using stuff that is fictitious. And like frying our earth and raping it of its natural resources for things that aren't going to last very long. Yeah, you know, We are such a beautiful train wreck. Everything is a train wreck. Yeah. You know what? Like, if, <laughs> so I, this is like the strangest ch- tangent I will ever go on. Mm-hmm. A 90 year old British man on his third wife just gave birth to a son. <laughs> <laughs> and oh, his wife God. is like 40 something. Ew. And I'm, oh, come on. <clears throat> I thought you were going to stop the podcast right there. <laughs> no, no. I was like, I mean, I was just making sure that the screen didn't go blank. Right. But. Like, but Dude, what? Yeah. How are you even like, like potent at that point? Like, how are you virile? Like, how are you, how are you, how do you have anything left in hey, there? Let's not forget. So this is like completely factual, by the way. Um, the former lo- chairman of Lotte, who is, uh, who is, um, is, in Korea or Japan? No, no, no. So the former chairman, he's he's long gone now. Mm-hmm. He's been gone for I think the better part of the year. Mm-hmm. Uh, he had a mistress. 40 years his junior. Oh, God. Yeah. Jesus. So I feel like... But in Korea or Japan? Japan. Okay. Oh, somehow that's... (laughs) No, no, no. It's island nations. No. (laughs) (laughs) It's island nations that once were uh, colonizers. (laughs) Yeah, no, it's always the island nations that are troublesome. (laughs) No, 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 no. I mean, that's a complete joke because there's a lot of sketchy shit happening here. I mean, well, Jeffrey Epstein, Harvey Weinstein. Oh, yeah. yeah. Wait, didn't his like accomplice just get arrested or something? His, yeah, his girlfriend. His girlfriend? His girlfriend got arrested for enticing minors and whatnot. And I was like, that's damn right. Wow. Like, she was completely beyond complicit. She's guilty. Dude, no wonder. I've been so, seeing so many memes about her jail room, including a rope or something. What? <laughs> so there's like a meme. It's like... What's her name? I don't know. I, I forget. It's like Jeffrey Epstein's girlfriend's jail room is like a nice clean jail room with like just a tightrope <laughs> hidden under the shelves. Like, oh yeah, she's gonna kill herself now. Oh my god. That's the running joke. Ah, I see. 
But in any case, so I guess we can start talking about yeah. how the podcast has been. We've got, wait, what are our views at? What does so podcast we're at, say? So uh, 161 listens. Really? Which is a bit surprising. So we're averaging a bit under 20 mm-hmm. listens per episode. But Obviously, does, Is that by your calculations or does it show about 20 per episode? So, no, it's by my calculations. Because, so if you do per uh, episode, the... Uh, variations are extreme mm-hmm. some of our episodes have like 30 listens really like which one 25 30 obviously the the episode where abdul and james won. Oh, okay what's up guys yeah <clears throat> and like one of the episodes where you just shared with your friends i forget which one well, episode four or something oh the one that was on my friend's stories a couple yeah, times yeah yeah oh, so okay. that, those ones have like 30 i'm uh, not 30 like 25 mm-hmm. our first episode has like 14 listens and mm-hmm. then our recent one has six mm-hmm. because like we're not promoting as much mm-hmm. so uh all in all i feel like we've been doing um we've, we've been, been doing we've been doing yeah we've, <laughs> we've been going <laughs> existed. It's, it's been going yeah we've at least we're not not existing <laughs> <laughs> no it's it's true what does this mean <laughs> <laughs> like for example one of the biggest tips i give to entrepreneurs is like uh give yourself a deadline yeah when you think about stuff that because, is true uh the biggest sin that you could commit to your company is indecisiveness <clears throat> yeah no he who <clears throat> shall not be named <laughs> he who shall not be named <laughs> like Vol- many many he's many he's yeah like voldemort was a fantastic mm-hmm. entrepreneur because he saw harry potter he's like you know what i'm gonna fucking kill this kid <laughs> But he failed. But he, like, but he failed. But he learned from it, and then he went on to reign for like twenty years before his downfall. So like, he had a pretty sweet twenty years. <laughs> <laughs> like, let's not forget, Voldemort was the biggest name in all of the. That's true. Yeah, Harry that Potter universe. That's Until true. Harry Potter came along and fucked shit up. Mm-hmm. Like that was his one mistake. But like, he learned from that mistake. He moved on. Mm-hmm. Created an empire for twenty years. Mm-hmm. 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 <laughs> Fair enough. No, yeah. Voldemort is a great entrepreneur. He's also a major asshole. And that, I don't think that's a coincidence. Yeah, know? no, you know. That's not a, a coincidence. High correlation. Yes, yeah, so very, very high co- correlations. Correlation is not causation, but, but, <laughs> but, there's a but with a capital B there. But in any case, so, wow, we just went on a huge tangent again. So, um, we set ourselves a deadline that after the 10th episode, we were going to start actively promoting. We're going to create an Instagram account. We're going to start marketing. We're going to move on from Pinecast. Yeah, we're going to move on from Pinecast. Pinecast, you have served us well, but also it's like your analytics suck, man. Like, who? Who is doing this at Pinecast? Like, what is the UX? What is going on? Obviously, wow, what the Oh, that is my um, ghetto. That is my ghetto watch. Okay. Yeah. (laughs) Wow, that scared me for some But like, so obviously we still do need to learn a lot about podcasting and Mm -hmm. we've learned a lot through the 10 episodes, Mm -hmm. but there's still a lot that we do need to learn before turning this into a proper business of sorts. Mm -hmm. So as a result, like, I think what I want to say is we we do want to take a week off so that we could get our shit together better Mm -hmm. and we could, I guess, come up with a better format of sorts Mm -hmm. so that we could connect with our audience better and mm-hmm. jane is telling me to speak up because obviously we're speaking into a uh, central and mic. he doesn't have a mic okay anyways yeah shit like that also like um I'm, I'm debating whether or not we should be getting a monthly space properly etc etc mm-hmm, so that we mm-hmm. we know where to meet on a weekly basis so that you have access to the space as well mm-hmm. so like there are a lot of logistics stuff that we have to get out of the way before we could 
think about pursuing this further. So mm-hmm. uh, we do want to take a week to yeah. get on top of that. Yeah. And also, so um, considering the flow of our content, I mean, we generally talk about whatever we want, but we also, I think, this is fair to bring up right now, but um, we do want to have a certain like theme or a goal surrounding our podcast. And at one point, Michael and I were speaking that we want it to ultimately be like a platform for minority voices or just not like minority, like, like, um, like politically or racially or like, you know, sexual, like sexuality, like not like, yes, including those, but also just people whose stories don't get to be heard often. Like, you know, having guests who are like quote, quote, normal people, but have very interesting life stories and also providing, and then also like providing a platform for voices like Abdul and James speaking on topics like, you know, the Black Lives Matter movement, the civil rights movement right now. Um, and then like LGBTQ plus issues. So we don't want to make this too heavy, but we don't want to be tone deaf and we do want to touch upon like current things that are going on. But I will say that, I mean, with the current climate that um, our recent episodes have been leaning very much towards like certain, like I, I, I guess like certain topics. And I also personally want to use this week off as like a way to recalibrate, um, recalibrate myself and also like, you know, what we're going to talk about in the future, the future topics that we're going to have. I do want to say this, like I talked about, like I talked about this last week with Michael, mm-hmm. but um, I do hope that things like LGBTQ plus issues and racial issues, specifically Black Lives Matter movement becomes a very casual topic of conversation. I don't want it to be too heavy. I don't want people to get like sort of like tense and anxious when this topic comes up. I think it should just be like an everyday kind of thing where it's like, oh, like, you know, haha, like, uh, well, no, not haha. It's it's not something to laugh about, but it's just something that happens on a day to day basis, and we should be aware. And even people who are not black should be aware of, you know, yeah, these conversations and just have them. <clears throat> I've I've had the opportunity to have these to be exposed to these conversations a lot, so it's just something that's been on my mind. Yeah, like so, certain topics that I want to move uh, talk about in the future include. Certain topics I want to talk about in the Thank future you, include. Uh, she was gesturing me to get closer to the microphone. Anyhow, mm-hmm. um, include like for example, should we be taxing billionaires based on their wealth? Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And because this is like an ethical issue that impacts everybody. Everybody, right? Yeah, mm-hmm. like Jeff Bezos. The, uh, just crazy statistic that I read recently. Uh-huh. Uh, Jeff Bezos is richer now than he was before the divorce. <laughs> Even though Does his wife make, was supposed to take half? No, a quarter of Jeff Bezos' wife, McKinsey uh, Bezos, mm-hmm. took a quarter of the stocks that he had within uh, mm-hmm. for, from Amazon. Mm-hmm. And he's still richer now than he was before the divorce. Yeah, Jesus. Like, does that make sense to anybody? Well, but it does because Amazon... Stocks appreciated. Like, appreciated after the divorce and also during the pandemic, during the quarantine. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Because, like, no one can go anywhere. So I completely agree with the logic behind it. Mm -hmm. But ethically, like, speaking, Mm -hmm. the fact that somebody could just stay complacent... Mm -hmm. Well, not complacent. Obviously, Jeff Bezos is a hardworking man. Jeff Bezos is a hot. Don't sue us, Jeff Bezos. <laughs> but like, just think about it. Just you holding onto something and making a passive income from it. Should we be, should we be incentivizing that on instead of getting people to proactively create stuff for the economy so that the world and actively go out there and solve problems. Mm-hmm. Like Jeff Bezos could be, for example. I mean, Jeff Bezos has money changing like what world changing money. So the way and he, yet. <laughs> so the way he puts it is problematic for me. 
the winnings. Yeah, he's. Oh wait, this is great. We I think we talked about this on our first episode. Yeah. And then so it's a perfect loop back where yeah. it's like you know if you can refer to your the profit that you've made as winnings. Yeah, if you can refer to your wealth as winnings, then there's something fundamentally wrong. Well, because the、uh, you can only win if there's a loss. Yeah. If someone's losing. And so, if he refers to his profits as winnings, then that means he knows that people are losing, right? And he is ravaging other people. And then there's also like the so this there's so many issues from business that in terms of ethics that I want、oh, to talk about. Actually, that's I mean that's a great point because um actually one of my friends listened to the Paper Billionaire podcast and、uh-huh. he really enjoyed it, right? Because it's just something that's not usually like talked about. Yeah, so like there's the, so more business stuff the, would be great the, too. Yeah, the greatest synergy that we have is、mm-hmm. that I, you and I come from extremely different backgrounds.、Mm-hmm. Like I, I mean, we should not be in the same room to be honest. The fact that we've met is just pure serendipity, wouldn't you say? Yeah, because <laughs> <laughs> oh, like I've done it. Like I've made Michael Michael speechless. No, so it has to happen like once per episode. Right. So here's the thing. So I I'm usually on Excel. I'm usually on Word and Jane and and maybe PowerPoint once in a while. Jane is usually like. Wow, I don't even know Instagram. <laughs> <laughs> we're like drawing something on paper. Yeah, so like we're we are world. Yeah, you use pen and paper quite a bit. I do.、Mm-hmm. So like we are worlds apart.、Mm-hmm. So as a result, I really think about the fundamental ethics of business and like、mm-hmm. externalities that we don't take into consideration in terms of our pricing strategy. Like for、mm-hmm. example. When you buy a car,、mm-hmm. should you not be paying for roads as well?、Mm-hmm. Because if you don't have roads, what good is a car? It's、mm-hmm. a completely useless hunk of trash.、Mm-hmm. But we get taxpayers to pay for、mm-hmm. roads. Like、mm-hmm. for example, I don't drive in Korea, but、mm-hmm. I still pay for roads、mm-hmm. through taxes.、Mm-hmm. Should we be allowing for that, or should we be putting that price price tag? On cars, so that people who drive cars specifically pay for that. So they take into consideration when they're purchasing a car.、Mm-hmm. It's a bit too high. Like, do I also have? That's really that's a really interesting point. Yeah, I have. I've, I have literally never thought about that in my life. On the other, this hand, is a new sentence. Yeah, in my life. <laughs> on the other hand, Jane can talk about topics. For example, like I am very much like not in tune with what's happening on the streets.、Mm-hmm. And so Jane can come in. It's like wow, this... culture and arts. Yeah, what do you、culture. mean on the streets? It's <laughs> culture and arts is a legitimate category. What is the streets, Michael? See, this is what we're talking about. Yeah. So, yeah. So you like, can see how out of tune he is. It, she calls me an Excel monkey. I call her、yeah. a street person. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, well, I will say this.、So、I'm very much the one who's like in the field, and like I'm literally going out meeting people, and then I, I'm sort of. I would like to say that I'm like. Marco Polo just coming back and going off on all these adventures and coming back and then relaying them to you and you're like Kublai Khan who well may、eh, maybe more like Genghis Khan because Kublai Khan was not that much of a good emperor but in any case why can't we just be like the Medici's <laughs> because if we were <laughs> we I would rule I、here. would rule the world yeah but in any case oh we should talk about the Medici's at some point yeah but um in any case. <laughs> I'm very much more the one who's like going out, meeting people, bringing stories,、mm-hmm. arts and cultures, and just hum- human stories, I guess. And then Michael always brings in a great like you know business perspective or like thinking about things from a very analytical point of view. Yeah. So it is a really good synergy that we have, and 
I feel like so this needs, some yeah. of the more interesting stories that I really hope we get to do sometime mm-hmm. is like for example your by the way your friend's jewelry looks magnificent it's just that her chain is uh-huh. uh, it's very difficult to to manipulate oh, okay so I, I feel like I should tell her that but mm-hmm. stuff like that if she comes in and we could talk about this we could mm-hmm. ideate it on the spot and mm-hmm. for example we could talk about certain issues that she faces as a female mm-hmm. entrepreneur mm-hmm. and then we could talk actually about, yeah I have another friend who would really appreciate that too. yeah yeah and then we could talk about how uh, possible solutions moving forward not just for her but systemically and stuff mm-hmm. like that I do mm-hmm. really want to bring in because business and ethics are so far separated that mm-hmm. I feel like we do it's it's a time for reckoning like we do mm-hmm. need to bring these two together we should yeah absolutely no 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 I mean it's been a long time coming yeah yeah like um ethics needs to be in everything in but in like biotech biotech and bioethics are like like very intertwined and yet no one wants to address it no ethics and business and I mean, and then ethics also comes down to like, you know, like racial equality, yep. racial equity, right? Like, like they, it's all interconnected. So, and on um, money, money talks, especially in America, mm-hmm. but in Korea as well, and just anywhere technically, like money talks, if there is, if business, if more money can be put in to disenfranchise people, to mm-hmm. people on the sidelines, to people who like, you know, just get most of the shit from the upper, like, Levels of society, society. Yeah, 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 society. Um, the best way to do that is business. Yeah, yeah. Like for example, like supporting black businesses or supporting local the, businesses. Yeah, one of yeah. the funniest, one of the most interesting things that I've ever heard is that um, the field of microfinance mm-hmm. is something that we should be exploring even more because um, it's been statistically shown that microfinance loans and transactions have. A one percent default rate compared to mm-hmm. five to ten percent default rates mm-hmm. for traditional banks, mm-hmm. which means these assets are a lot safer. Mm-hmm. Now, but it's because the the money that's moved is so small. I think people are just not interested. No, so it actually goes to extremely high risk individuals, mm-hmm. like what you said, at risk uh, disenfranchised individuals mm-hmm. who want to start up something small. Like mm-hmm. so, it goes to a small shop owner in mm-hmm. Sudan. And what people have found is this is really interesting. Uh, these people, instead of just like walking away from their debts, mm-hmm. because they've been given they've been given an opportunity, mm-hmm. they feel more indebted, obligated, obligated to pay, to pay back. back. Yeah. So, like the our whole thought process behind making decisions based on money and risk factors and whatnot, risk analysis, might be fundamentally flawed. I think that's very worth exploring. Yeah. I think I absolutely I agree. I was actually just about to ask you, like maybe at some point we can this is a really big topic to like approach, but like the traditional banking system. Yeah. I mean the because we both worked in blockchain. And as problematic as it is, I also I, I mean, there is an issue with traditional banking systems. No, I have so many issues There's with the So traditional. many issues. So for example, my yeah. Amazon account recently got hacked. <laughs> Why? Don't ask. But here's the thing. The strangest part is they made a transaction from a MasterCard, which I don't even own. Really? <laughs> Sent it to my old address, which mm-hmm. I don't where I don't even live anymore, <laughs> for pet products, which I don't even own a pet. I'm just thinking, what the what? And they should What is going on? I don't know. And pet sh- products? Yeah. That's very strange. I will say this. I actually got um where is the capital of Puerto Rico again? Is it San No San what? Puerto Rico. San Juan. Yeah, San Juan. 
crap, I forget. Okay, sorry if I am wrong, but I actually recently got a, a text message from my bank saying that someone in San Juan, someone in Puerto Rico used my credit card for $27.50, which is such a strangely specific yeah. number. And then I also got a notification like two months ago that someone from Kentucky was trying to hack into my Instagram account. Yeah, so like... I mean, there's just the world is so bizarre. So also, like cybersecurity is something that I would very much want to get into. But mm -hmm. going back to traditional banking... Oh yeah, look, sorry. <laughs> in Korea, mm -hmm. I have a fundamental cap. I could only send 50000 50, Yeah, $50,000 of my Uchan? own cash. Uchan, yeah. yeah. Of my own cash abroad. Mm -hmm. But here's the thing. So I have to get my, my foreign account, if it's registered under my name, registered under the Korean authorities, mm -hmm. so that they know it's going to me. What? Yeah. I'm so confused. And he here is the kicker. Here is the bloody kicker. <laughs> I'm so frustrated about this. Uh, <laughs> so there is no easy... So if I give money to somebody here and get money abroad in Canadian dollars, let's say, that's illegal in Korea. If you give so if I what? so for example if I give you have a you have a Canadian dollar account you, but you need Korean one I have a Korean one account and I need Canadian dollars if I give you Korean one in cash in or, cash uh -huh. like bank transfer whatever uh -huh. and you send money to my Canadian account from your Canadian account that's illegal how how is that illegal and you have to report it to the Bank of Korea but why because but aren't they both Canadian accounts. No, so like, so once a Korean account to oh, okay, Korean okay, account, okay, okay. once a Canadian account to Canadian account. So there is no fundamental way for you to, you to monitor this transaction. And yet the Korean government is like, oh no, that's illegal. So you have to come to me and report it. Even if it's a hand-to-hand -hand transaction, that's illegal. <laughs> what? Really? Yeah. Like it's written in the law. Yeah. Huh. Which is why so services... Like, let's, oh, so let's say that, let's say that I have $20. And I have iman on. Uh-huh. And so we just switch it? Yeah. Oh shit. So technically that's illegal. Wow. Up to a thousand dollars you have to report it to your local bank local bank. And up to ten thousand dollars was it anything above that, you have to report it to the National Bank of Korea apparently. Which is completely and utterly messed up. Now <laughs> here's why I bring it up. Easy money transfer services like TransferWise are kicking Western Union in the fucking ass. Well Western Union is fucking bullshit. Yeah. Because they charge exorbitant fees mm -hmm. for money transfers, mm -hmm. which is why transfer-wise, how it works is they have a local bank account in major cities, mm -hmm. in major countries, mm -hmm. where they make local transactions. And mm -hmm. the thought process is enough people are go going to put in money into the account and mm -hmm. then take out money. That's going to be a net net mm -hmm. zero gain, mm -hmm. and you just take small transaction fees off on top of that for your profits. Mm -hmm. So that's the thought process. That system is illegal in Korea. Really. <laughs> which is why. So, Why is it illegal? So is there a reason? <clears throat> it's illegal to send money out of Korea in that fashion, but it's completely illegal to bring in money to Korea in that fashion. I'm so confused. Yeah, so which is why I hate the traditional banking system. I mean, because I mean, the thing is, like, since I'm a Korean citizen and like everything that I do is like in here Korea. in Korea, like I just don't know. So like, if I give if if I want to transfer money into Korea and I use TransferWise completely legal but i can't use transferwise to get korean money out to canada that's so weird yeah why because the korean law is set up that way but i'm just trying to i'm wondering why the korean law is set up like oh, that oh because they don't want they don't want a giant outflow of capital 
Oh, they want to control that. Oh, okay. So there are remnants of like protectionism of uh, of dictatorships, etc., etc., remaining within the system, mm-hmm. which is extremely problematic. That's problematic. You gotta cut. You gotta gut that shit. Yeah, for business, for individuals, for and an increasingly globalized society, right? Yeah, and this is where I say globalization is good because it reduces friction. Mm-hmm. Like if we allow for free flow of capital, like. Like you mentioned, that yeah. yeah. that crazy idea of turning South Korea into a tax haven, mm-hmm. where Japanese people park their money, Chinese people park their money, mm-hmm. Americans park their money, Europeans mm-hmm. park their money, and then if there is a war in South Korea, everyone's money gets fucked. Mm-hmm. Then there will never be a war. Yeah, and we're protected and forever. Like, 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 in order to set that system uh-huh. up, you need uh-huh. to allow for free flow of capital. Uh huh. Uh huh. But the South Korean law just doesn't allow for that. Yeah, and like, I mean. <sighs> South Koreans are generally like very risk averse, yeah, and conservative, protectionist. Mm-hmm. There's a lot of friction. <laughs> yeah, like, they're scared. They don't want to leave. Like, they're like, oh, but what happens if we allow all these like borders to be released? Like you know. Yeah, like yeah. the fact that you don't allow me, who's working in South Korea, paying taxes to open up a trading account and trade US stocks using this Korean trading account mm-hmm. because you're afraid that I'm going to be money laundering <laughs> that's problematic the yeah. fact that I'm being segregated against and mm-hmm. the South Korean government is saying oh yeah anyone any foreign national isn't going to get the emergency help fund mm-hmm. that's segregation I pay taxes mm-hmm. so you're using my tax dollars to help South Korean citizens who might who may not be paying their taxes. Mm-hmm. That's also problematic. Mm-hmm. Like there are actual fundamental problems within traditional systems that we do need to address. Regardless yeah. of like yeah. it, it could be race driven. I completely agree. Mm-hmm. It could be economically driven. Mm-hmm. But like these are issues that we can address now using technology, using business, using people's mm-hmm. minds, mm-hmm. and just fixing. Snap, snap, snap. I mean, no, I completely agree. I'm 100% on this. And I will say this. In order for any change to start, these things need to be discussed. Yeah. But a lot of the time, people don't even begin to discuss them. They don't even know that they these can be discussed. This is the thing. It's like, mm-hmm. you know in Plato's Cave, where it's like the people who see the shadows only think the shadow is reality. And then the people who like go out and see the light and see the real world come back and they try to explain what this is like. There are people who have not even considered turning around from the shadows, right? And hopefully, hopefully us talking about this can be, can provide someone some sort of like beginning ground, some sort of spark to question, to ask certain questions about the world around them. You know, I think questioning the world around you is so important and it doesn't, and as you get older, you start doing less of it. That's a scary part. I noticed, I mean, it's already happening. It's been happening with a lot of my friends. My parents and my parents' generation, like, there's nothing to even say for them, right? So, I guess, well, you know what? I guess we can end on this note. We want, the point of our podcast, ultimately the goal is to make people question the world around them. Yeah, and I want to be, mm-hmm. a, I want to be the catalyst for change. Absolutely. All right, and on that note, that has been our 10th episode that has been recorded on my fucking Mac microphone because michael somehow glitched wow way to throw me under the bus at last minute absolutely no because i mean look the ai glitched today fuck it whatever it's beautiful so we shall see you in two weeks all right take care peace